what's going on? Uh, this is Danny from Redeem LA. We got Giselle, we got Zach, we got Eric, and we got my sister Deb. And in this whole series of mental health that we're trying to bring to you guys, we're gonna speak about today about we're gonna speak about stress. And um, I, I just wanted to start by you know I think defining stress and understanding what stress is. And stress is a state of mental or emotional strain of tension resulting from adverse or very demanding circumstances. Um, <clears throat> so I think with this, I just wanted to say just one verse, we can get it going and get it moving. Um, I, I was I was saying that in stress, uh, a stress is a thing, it's like a feeling, it's like an emotional pressure that is applied to you, but we always take it in a negative connotation. We always say, we always think it's, it's, it's negative or we always think it's in the wrong thing, but in Luke 12, 6, it says, when, when birds are sold, five, sorry, when birds are sold, five small birds are cost only two pennies. But God does not forget any of them. Yes, God even knows how many hairs you have in your head. Don't be afraid. You are worth much more than those birds. So I was seeing, I was, I was wondering, I was like, when these stressful times come and they come to our life, I feel like we kind of forget of who God is. You know what I mean? We kind of just make the problem a lot bigger than what it is. And we forget that actually God is there and God is understanding what we're going through. And, and I, I think it's crazy how he has, he knows how many hairs we have on our head. And if he has that much detail, how much more detail do you think he has for your stress? So if he has something to say, he has something to say, right now is the time. So maybe Eric? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the stress and a lot of the tension comes from not knowing what the tomorrow is going to bring, right? And that's yes. usually kind of tied with anxiety sometimes, right? I think a lot of anxiety leads to stress or stress leads to anxiety. It, I, it, it might be like a like a vicious cycle, right, that we just can never get ourselves out of. And I think we talked about this when we talk about the anxious in the anxious podcast, but I like the, the verse of Matthew 6.34. It says, Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is today's own trouble. Like, we, we need to just focus on the today. We're trying we, we try to take so much control about the tomorrow. We try to plan everything to like the detail and we're not flexible enough sometimes. Uh, and we have to be flexible. We have to be willing to be guided by God in that moment, you know? And, and we talked about this in one of the other podcast episodes when we talked about anxiety, like we were focused so much on the tomorrow and how is it going to go? What's going to happen? Is it going to be good? Is it going to be bad? Uh, are my plans going to pan out? Now we forget the, to enjoy the today or a lot of the stress comes from living in the yesterday. Like you don't forget about yesterday's problems, your failures, maybe you can say those in quotation marks yeah. or your shortcomings or even the shortcomings of today. And I think we have to focus in the moment, trusting that God has everything in control and there's no need for anxiety on that. You know, about, about the plan that you just said, I think that's wonderful because I think we all make plans of our life, right? I think, I think it's uh, easy to say that we all have like kind of like a, like a blueprint of where we want our life to go. You know what I mean? It's not like we just wake up and say, oh, let's see where life takes me today. And somebody told me this, and I think it hit me right in, right in the head and right in my heart. And it said, listen, make sure your plan is flexible, but your vision is firm. So I was like, oh, that makes sense. So if your vision is Jesus, your plan shouldn't matter. I mean, it should have a little blueprint, but if it moves here and moves there, it shouldn't be a big deal. <clears throat> Anybody else want to say something? Zach, if you want to say something? Uh, so I think one of the biggest things that we tend to – I'm, I'm going to see – I'm going to talk – say this in like the viewpoint of someone who handles stress very badly. <laughs> I think something that calmed me down very recently is uh, Ecclesiastes 3.1. Um, 
there's a time for everything, meaning that there's a season for every part of your life. And I think where the stress and anxiety tends to come in for kids or people of my age personally or younger or older is when we tend to worry about a time in our life that isn't our season. Like, let's just say we're we're in summer, but we want to worry about winter. But why are we worrying about winter when it's summer? You know what I mean? Like, God gives us time specific times in our life where we we are to worry certain things like why am I going to worry about work when it's my time to worry about school to grow up to to grow as my own person you know what I mean grow my skills grow my intellect become a scholar become someone who adds value to the table instead of going somewhere where they suck all the value out of me that I don't have you know what I mean so I think that's the biggest thing for people who tend to suffer a lot from stress Worry about your own season that you're currently in and just believe that God is in control. And I like what you said about the seasons. Um, I think Eric was preaching about the seasons to the youth last time, and I agree, man. What you said about summer and winter, oh, my gosh. Sometimes sometimes we're, we're in need of, you know, some sun, and when we have some sun, we don't even, mm. we don't even uh, what's it called, enjoy it. We're in the shadows. <laughs> yeah. I no, no, no. It, I was going to tell you that. Even though like, we said, oh, God, you know, shine some light on me. And God shines some light. You're so worried about that. Winter's coming. You don't even enjoy mm. the moment that God gave you what, what he did. And, and it's, happened, it's happened so many times in my life, right? In my life, I've, I've always said, hey, God, you know, <clears throat> I want to become successful. I want to be this. I want to be that. I want to be this. And when there was little wins, I would overlook them. You know, when I was like, when I got this or I got my first job or, I, or you know, I... I saw my my work in in a, in a bench, you know, down by Chatsworth. I, I was seeing it, and I was like, "Why? Why am I so worried about the next thing?" And I'm not grateful for the little things. You know what I'm saying? And that's why I think stress comes through, like just like Zach said, big, because we don't know in what season we are. I think uh, somebody who went through this was uh, if you go to Second Kings twenty two one. Uh, we see the story of Josiah, and Josiah was actually eight years old when he became <laughs> Israel's king. Um, he was thrust into this position he didn't know. He had all these responsibilities that he had to now take care of. And what's beautiful about it is that um, in that verse, it, all, it says, in the first verse, it says he did exactly what God wanted. So sometimes we don't understand why we're being put in this position of so much stress, so much like hardship, but... God knows, and God will guide us to do what he has, and, like, he has planned for us. And I think, uh, just like you said, I, I love what you said, because it makes so much sense. Even this world understands it. Even the biological world understands it. What happens when you put carbon under a lot of pressure? Becomes a diamond. Becomes diamonds. Becomes something valuable. Therefore, if the world, if the biological world understands that, how much more spiritually? The Bible says that everything we have here that we touch and that's biological, it's only a shadow of what it is spiritually. So do you see what I'm saying? Sometimes we're like, oh my God, Danny, this is too much for me. And I agree. Sometimes I, I hear some cases and I'm like, oh, this is tough. Like I wouldn't be able to take this. But at the same time, I'm like, wait, but who am I to judge this? God's the, God's the one to, to judge this. So I, I say, look, stand strong, keep your faith, near you right because those are the moments that you need it more and um most of all have a relationship with god it's tough to be stressed and by yourself even though you have friends 
so, you know, it, it, sorry, Jesus, you just hit on this point when you're talking about stay strong in the faith. So I, I, one of the verses that I found here was Psalms 55, 22, right? So it says, cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. It's not, he will never permit anybody to be moved, but the righteous to be moved. And so, you know, it, it, we have to trust in the Lord, but we also have to put our part in seeking the Lord, seeking righteousness, right? And also in Matthew, it says, seek first the kingdom of God and his justice and all else comes by addition. So we also have to put our part. We can't just sit around and be like, okay, I'm a child of God. <clears throat> okay, God, go. Yeah. It's like, okay, no, how about like seek to grow in, in your faith, right? Seek his kingdom, right? Seek to do justice. Uh, the commandment of Jesus, love one another just as I have loved you, right? So there's a series of things that we have to do also to put our part because faith without action is death, right? So we have to put action to our faith, and those are some of the things. Seek justice, his kingdom, righteousness, love others, and then God takes care of all of it, everything else. And that's how we avoid stress. You know, that, I think that's one of the keys to doing that. And, and I think completely avoid stress, in my eyes, I think it's impossible. Right. I think it's possible. Even, even if Jesus had stress, can you imagine? Can you imagine knowing that sooner or later he's going to have to die? sooner or later you can not just you know die 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 no i'm just not like get tortured and you know go through horrible pains and feelings he was stressed but how did he handle his stress how did god tell him to handle his stress go ahead actually um to go with that i have a <coughs> verse uh second corinthians 1 4 it says he comforts us every time we have trouble so that when others have trouble we can comfort them with the same comfort god gives us so i think it's important to understand that when we're in a stressful situation, it's not going to, like, God isn't just going to take it away. He's going to comfort us and make it easier to pass through the situation so that later on we can help somebody else go through that as well. We have the understand, an intimate understanding of the details of how hard that was. So I guess the question is, are you going through stress alone or without Jesus? Right? Because like we said, we understood that uh, stress can't be completely... Um, detour, right? We can't just completely jump over stress, but I think stress without God becomes a mental health issue. Stress with God, with Jesus, makes you stronger. So, I think that's something we have to understand, and I wanted to read uh, uh, Psalms 57 1, uh, where David says, um, he says he, he's speaking to God and says, be merciful to me, O God, be merciful to me, for you and my soul takes refuge. In the shadow of your wings, I will take refuge till the storm of destruction pass by. So what does that mean? Was he in trouble? Was he stressed? Yes. But he understood with who? Under where? Under the wings. Under the wings of the, of the, of the, of the highest, uh, of God. He understood that right there. He would, under, he, would, he would wait until the bad times passed. Until, like we said before, the dawn, the, the you know. The breaking of light. Honestly, a perfect example of somebody who did <coughs> not um, rely on Jesus when in, in times of stress is Samson because he had a calling from birth. He was expected to be um, to free his, his people from the oppressors, which were the Philistines, right? And so from birth, he had certain expectations, certain things that he had to complete in order to get to, the, to this calling. But when it came down to the point, he didn't rely on God. He basically went into the world. He said, I want, I want to marry a Philistia. I want to, I want to be happy. I want to do whatever I want and didn't rely on God to complete his calling. But, um, 
on like I guess on the opposite end of the spectrum, we can see Esther because she had the same expectations. She was put into the palace. She didn't want to be the queen. She was put there knowing, or I guess she found out that all of the Israelites were going to be killed um, by the king. And she had the same, basically she had to free her people. But the difference is, if we see in Esther 4, 15 to 16, she, Esther tells Mordecai, Mordecai, go get all the Jews in Susa together and fast for me. Don't eat, don't drink for three days and night, nights, and I and my wom- women servants will fast too. After the fast, I will go to the king. And I know it is against the law to go to him if he didn't call me, but I will do it anyway. And if I die, I die. So she relied on God to... Um, she relied on God. Can, 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 I, can I just add? Will you, it's interesting you share the story of Esther and Samson because we were talking about this with the youth, right, when we're talking about seasons. Yeah. And I think one of the questions that came up was, what if you are placed in that position? Like, is it voluntary or is it involuntary? I think one of them asked, what if I, what if I have to go out and work and I have to be in distress? Like, what do you say to people that are placed in that season? So, like, with Esther, she was involuntarily placed in that position, right? She had to step up to be a leader in that moment. And then in Samson, he voluntarily put himself in that position by giving up his calling and relying on the Philistia, the Philistine, right? And, and trying to, like, do things his own way. So, a lot of the times, people are in stress because they put themselves in that situation, you're sometimes paying the consequences of straying from the path of God. But if you're involuntarily placed there sometimes, and really by God, if you love God, he's going to put you in difficult moments, but he's teaching you something, right? You put, you put the example of carbon being put under pressure becoming a diamond, mm-hmm. right? Just like gold, it's also put through pressures and fires and it's refined. Right. So that's when God involuntarily puts you there, but he has a purpose for you. And I think it's important to identify two things. Like, okay, I'm stressed out. Like, oh, man, I'm freaking out about this or, or that. It's like, okay, how did I get here? Did I put myself here or was I put here? And if I was put here and I trust God and I love God and I'm seeking God, then God has a purpose for me in this situation. I was going to tell you that a long time ago. I don't know if you guys remember most of the youth is here. I gave, I gave a lesson of Paul and um, how he crashed his... Uh, he he didn't have a ship, but he he was like as a as a prisoner, and he crashed. I don't know if you ever heard of heard of that story that he crashed and and then he stops at a the, he ends up being in um in an island and there's fire and then like a snake bites him and everybody mm-hmm. goes oh my god so I was I was reading and, and and I was telling the youth that sometimes you become a prisoner of the ship that you're in mm-hmm. and it's not your fault that the ship crashes right but it's the people that you decide to hang out with mm-hmm. you know you almost like you almost like like tie yourself down to their decisions and their ways and their things. So when the ship crashes, you're like, oh, maybe this wasn't, no, Danny, what, is, what does this have to do with stress? Well, that's exactly why. Do you think Paul wasn't stressed when he felt like the, the ship was crashing? But he understood. He was like, okay, look, the ship is crashing. God must know why. And sure enough, he knew why. He ended up going to this island and th- and ended up healing everybody that needed healing there. So I, I, I like what you said, right? And sometimes not even the stress comes by what you decide, but what other people decide for you and you let that decision stick, right? All right. Danny, I was going to tell you, like the Bible mentions that um, even though we walk through the darkest valley, we will fear no evil, right? And imagine walking through a dark valley. How much stress do you feel? Uh, do you think people are feeling? And stress literally is like a hormone that makes you either uh, fight or flight, you know? So... It's, it's crazy to not 
not only think of stress in in a in a bad way, but also in a good way because we we need stress to survive. I agree. We need stress to function properly to reach deadlines, mm-hmm. especially procrastinators. Mm-hmm. Um, we need stress. We need it all the time. But like you were saying, it depends how you're right, who you're writing with on your stress. If you're writing with God, then it's an easy go because you know the outcome is going to be victory. But if you're on your own, then yeah, good luck. And I, if you guys can help me out with this, there's a verse in the Bible that says that 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 God like stresses or God. Um, gives a certain type of sadness if i'm not wrong to people that are out of his path to bring them back to the same path i don't know where that verse is you, you, but you know what that verse sounds like it says um it's not the verse you're talking about but maybe that we can look it up or someone but it sounds much like that verse that says um with ropes of love i brought them to me so i always use this example because like when does a cowboy use ropes? He doesn't use it with the horse that's behaving well. Right. He use they use ropes to corral the horse that's run away or trying to stray from whatever the pack is going. So what does a cowboy do? He gets a rope, he wraps it around the, the horse's neck and kind of drags him back into the pack. So that verse, with ropes of love, I attracted them. It's God trying to bring people back to his path when they're starting to stray. Right? And and a lot of people need that. Like they need sometimes life and death situations stressful situations to bring them back to the paths of God. And, and, it, and in one of the verses, Proverbs talks about um, trust, uh, trust in the Lord your God with all your heart and all, with all of your own understanding and don't rely on your own, um, on your own understanding, your own knowledge. You know, a lot of people try to rely on their own knowledge and their own understanding. And because we're human and we're imperfect by definition, we end up Becoming like that wild horse that strays from the pack, from God's house, from the Father's house. And so to get back, God uses those ropes of love. And it also requires us to humble ourselves and be like, you know what? I need you, God, because you know where I need to come back. Right. You know what I was thinking, Eric, that um, <coughs> this is like uh, those people who only come to God when they have like a bad situation, which is how most of us start honestly uh you have something in your life that you feel like is out of control so you're like oh my god there's no other way god help me please um but i think it's also important to note that it's not only in these difficult moments that we should search for him or if it was that uh difficult moment that first brought us to him that we should continue but with genuine love and not just because we're stressed you know not only search for god when we're stressed all right and some people choose to learn the hard way right like why don't you you know sometimes it's like you're taught a lesson you're being taught the word of God at church and your home, your morals in your home and the foundations being laid for you. For example, don't go into X place. And you're like, eh, I don't care what you're telling me. I'm going to go to X place. And guess what? Now you suffer the consequences of going to such and such place. So why didn't you learn your lesson when it was taught to you the easy way? Some people just continuously put themselves in that vicious cycle. Yeah, you're going to you're gonna, you're gonna be, you're going to be, you're going to learn something. Yeah. But why? Why not learn it the easy way? And and that's 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 what I'm that's what I'm I I try to tell the youth this thing you know, make the mistake once. Learn from the mistake once. But when you can when you continue and continue and continue and continue, like even your even your friends kind of get tired of you. You know, like oh my god, this guy's with the same girl over and over and <laughs> over and over, and she keeps on cheating and cheating and cheating and cheating, and he'll never learn. Uh, same thing. I just imagine I'm like God's not doesn't it's not human to feel what we feel, but he he must almost like say, okay, are you playing with me? 
Like you coming in, you, you know, like the hokey pokey. You know, you got mm-hmm. your left hand in, put your hand, huh, and you shake it all around, and then you kind of pull it out, and you kind of never say anything back, and then, and then you talk to him for a, you know a week straight, and then you forget about him for two weeks, and then <clears throat> you know you decide to play with the with the youth, and then you never come back. Uh, it's a lot of things, and all these things, and all these things that happen because of our decisions. Uh, a cost, I think, this the stress and our decisions on our way of life and the way that we decide. I think the the the, the main point is this: where we decide to put Jesus is the level of of, of stress you're gonna get. You know, what I mean? if stress is near you, it, no, not stress. Sorry, if Jesus is near you, stress will become something easy to handle. If Jesus is away from you, I think stress will be something very very hard to handle. And. A lot of the stress comes from a lot of people worrying about their prosperity, right? <clears throat> yes. And wondering, am I going to be tomorrow? So instead of putting, like you were saying, put God first, it reversed that verse of Matthew. Seek first the kingdom of God and his justice and all else comes by addition. They seek first everything else and then they put God second. Then they seek God's justice and God's kingdom. It's a reverse. And sure, you might have some prosperity, but it's a, lo- it's a short-lived prosperity. And most importantly, you're not storing treasures in heaven. You right. might be gathering the treasures of this world, which are going to fade away because we came with nothing, we leave with nothing, right? Yeah, I agree. I think Job said that too in the Bible. So it, it goes to that verse of uh, third, uh, third book of John 1, 2, where it says, as your soul prospers, so does everything else. If you search, seek God first, if you seek to have your soul and your spiritual life grow, everything else will prosper as well. I agree. And, and that's the important thing that, that one other key to avoid stress or to fix that. Just look for God, right? Right. right. I think that's number one key above all keys, right? <laughs> I think, right. I think that's, and a lot, of, a lot of people don't understand. They're like, yeah, I know Danny, but what about my life? Yeah, I know Danny, but what about my job? Yeah, I know Danny. I know I have to come, I know I have to come to church and I have to pray, but what about my life? And I used to tell people, I'm like, what about it? It's not yours either way. It's not like it's not like you can say, "Oh, this is my life, and I do as I please." You can. God gives you that freedom, but if you know who God is, if you know who Jesus is, you know who He did, then it's not yours. Therefore, you don't. If you don't own something, you're not going to treat it as you please. You, you see what I'm saying, right? And so, what do you, what do you say to like youth, for example, that you were just talking about when they say, "What about my life?" Right? And I think a lot of a lot of young people listening. Um, are either children or first generation or, or children of immigrants or first generation Americans, you know, first generation parents, working class parents. And a lot of the times, and I put that for myself because my family was working class. And how do you, how do you respond to a young person who's put under pressure by their parents sometimes? Right? Like, right. how do you tell them when they're just saying, well, what, what about what my parents want for my life? Like, my parents are telling me I need to go to school and become successful by 22 or I need to have, like, a, a boatload of money by a certain age. <laughs> because, you know, we because a lot of parents come from a, a third-world country, a developing country, where there is no opportunity. And they're like, and they may say, like, okay, I brought you here. And they try to live their unfinished goals with their children. What, what do we tell those kids? Uh, uh, look, I think if you're in this little pickle, right, you know, <laughs> If if uh, if you're um, if you're in this problem where you know your parents give you such a high standard that you know you kind of feel way too pressure, you feel way too much stress. I feel 
I feel like number one, understand them. That's the number one thing. Understand them. They're like my parents. They come from a third world country. They don't know what it's good. They also pressured me too, and also be available and be un, un and be like not available. But what I what I want to say is like be understanding that that path is a good path. Going to school and being successful at twenty two, it's not a bad path. So do go to school. It's not like oh, you know, Jesus is my life, and I'm just gonna be in church the rest of my life. I'm not gonna go to school. No, 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 no. Go to school and come to church. I even heard people that. I've even heard an apostle saying that if you have to miss church because of school, okay, go. Go to school. Go, go learn. Go learn. But the thing that, that many people don't understand is people just completely forget about their morals. I don't know where you go to school and you come back and say, oh, you know, being gay is okay. Why are we attacking them? Nobody's attacking them. I'm, at least I'm not. I feel attacked by them because I can't even say my own my own my own train <laughs> okay. of thought you know what i mean oh uh, uh, you know i don't know why abortion is incorrect you know their body their choice okay but what about their life what about the baby's life you know what i mean oh you know <clears throat> you know the big ba- the big bang theory you know god maybe didn't exist well you just threw out everything you were taught from the time you were born until the time you guys you just threw it out out out, 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 out of your thing and then we expect god to be there we expect God to be, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I'm here. Oh, you know what's one of the funniest things? That every every atheist that I know, <laughs> usually when they're in good terms, they're like, oh, yeah, no, God doesn't exist or anything. And they, you know, there's just, they're horrible people, right? Because the way you speak about God. And then the minute something wrong goes, down to their knees. Now they believe in God. Right? Now they believe. And I'm just like, okay, imagine if it was like at all times. Now imagine if he was there with you at all times. I'm not saying he's going to make everything go away. I'm saying, but would it be a little bit more comforting? Maybe. Well, not maybe, right? For sure, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and, and, and John 14, 6 says, um, what about my life? You ask, what about my life? John 14, 6 says, and Jesus answered him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes through the Father except through me. So there's your answer. What about your life? Is your life Jesus? No, no, it's not. Then it's not. Yeah, it's not life. Life is Jesus. And life with Jesus takes us to the Father. And you know, it's interesting when you're talking about the uh, the school, like, is it going to overtake your morals? And I guess it goes to the triangle <coughs> of liberty too, right? I agree. Um, does it edify me? Right? And then also, the, the main point with the school one is, I mean, is it convenient? Does it edify me? But the other one is, does it dominate me? Yeah. So I, I think... A lot of people don't know how to balance maybe one of those three points within the triangle of liberty because a lot of people let secular thoughts, secular theories, big like evolution, you were saying Big Bang Theory, dominate their morals. Now, it, when, I, when I was young and I was in college, I asked my pastor that, and I was like, you know, why do people say that? Why do I hear people say, be careful with school and like in, in Christianity? Because people, some people would say that here and there. <coughs> people, you know, maybe with a good intention, but ill-placed guidance right and he was like look school is not bad just don't let what you learn in school dominate what you know is the truth in the word of god or what you believe right filter (coughs) what you learn through the filter like this of the holy spirit when you hear something in school go through the filter we can say of the holy spirit and be like okay is this what the word really says and if it goes against god's word 
discard it because the Bible says keep the good and discard the bad. So filter it through that. Now, if it's going to add to your knowledge and it's going to make you, you know, an educated person, you know, someone that contributing member like Zach said, you know, someone that brings value, then yeah, keep it. But if it's going to dominate your morals and it's going to oppose what the Holy Spirit tells you is right, discard it. And just just something to seal what you said with school. Um, I told this to the youth group, of course, the one that, that we have here at church. And I was telling that I was taking this anatomy class and I get to draw like the skeleton and the, and the bones and, and, and uh, you know, the muscles and everything. And my teacher was saying like the first class, I'll never forget, I was listening to it and I started cracking up and I was like, honestly, this is the stupidest thing I've heard. <laughs> he goes, oh, you know, um, the muscles go this way and the muscles, for example, they don't overlap and not all, mus- all muscles like look like you're like Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? Mm. Th- like each muscle is different according to if you're little hev- uh, on the heavy side or you're on the skinny side or right. so he was saying he was like it's funny he was like he was like it's so weird it's almost like it was perfectly made <laughs> and I'm like, I was like and they were saying what, what do you mean he was like yeah it's it's just like each like each muscle somebody made it to like exact length and exact thing and I was just thinking I was like you are literally saying that God exists right. but yet we're so proud. We're so that we're just overlooking the whole thing, and that's cool. That's cool for you, but it's cool to know the muscles and where your head goes and where your skull is and why your muscles work like this and not this way. But at the same time, you see their foolishness. That's what the Bible says that only true wisdom is His wisdom, right? right. And everything else is just foolishness because even within their wisdom, wisdom, it sounds foolish. You know what I mean? You've been really quiet, all of you guys, but yeah. Only been me and Eric, but um, I personally yeah. think that I think hearing all this, I think this is the biggest test for our generation, starting with the millennials. As in, we have to go to school because it's expected of us. You know, we have access to facilities and resources that our parents didn't have, which they sacrificed their entire life to give you, and we have to juggle that. We have to juggle church. We have to juggle school. We have to juggle our faith. We have to juggle the knowledge and make sure they don't intertwine. But I think something that we need to, kids from our generation, uh, we need to look at is the future. As in, we may be tasked with the biggest test, but that means we're going to be given the biggest reward. As in, we juggle all these things. It's not for no reason. There has to be a reason why God gives us all this knowledge of humankind, but he also gives us the best access to church, you know. Back then, I'm pretty sure they were really strict with kids. You know, everyone who's uh, uh, Hispanic, you know how your parents can be when it comes to, like, I don't know, for example, if you were watching Dragon Ball and your dad comes in, he's like, this is the Diablo. And then you start freaking out. You're like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. But you just got to, one just got to, one just has to learn how to juggle these things. And I think if you get through, if you push through, if you keep your eye on the goal, focus on God, have your foundation straight, you'll learn that God will open doors for you that you, you didn't even know existed. And that's crazy to think about because you literally just have to stand there and just step through, and God opens these doors, and he closes the ones that you're not supposed to go through. But when we go peeking here, oh, like, let me, let, let me apply to all these jobs, and then the first one I get, I'm going to go. But in reality, God was going to have, like, an internship offered for you, for you, the perfect position that you want with the perfect pay, with the perfect hours for you to go to church, and yet we're here freaking out for no reason because things aren't going our way 
at the time that we want. And something important that we have to realize is we have a little speck of the picture, a little pixel, whereas God has the entire screen. He knows a specific spot that you're going to excel in. And that's important to understand. That's important to say with conviction. God knows what I want and what I need, whereas I only know what I want at that time. Yeah, I agree. And um, I think to like to wrap it up and I'll let you say your, your piece right now, in 2 Corinthians 4, 8, it says, as it is, there's not too much chance of that. You know that for yourselves that we are not much to look out. We've been surrounded and battered by troubles, but we are not demoralized. You see, that's important, being demoralized. We're not sure what to do, but we know that God knows what to do. We've been spiritually terrorized, like today, mm. <laughs> right? But God hasn't left our side. We've been thrown down, but we haven't broken. What they did to Jesus, they would do to us. Trial, torture, mockery, murder. What Jesus did among them, among them he, he has done in us, and he lives. Yeah, you know, that wraps up Jesus so beautifully. And, and you know why? Because, and it, and it ties in with what Zach was saying too, because what Jesus did was God's perfect will on earth. And what you're talking about is God's perfect will being carried out in your life. So we see in Jesus' life the results of carrying out God's perfect will, not our will, not what the world's will is, but what God's perfect will for our life is, just like he did with Jesus just like he does with us when we don't imagine where he will take us and yet he opens doors we never even thought existed i agree and i think the question i always ask is god is always ready to use you but the question is are you ready to be used by god i think that's like my my most famous phrase that i <laughs> tell everybody right but yeah that's definitely it all right guys we've got to the end of our podcast follows in at redeem la right sorry at redeem la um it's an instagram and we're on twitter yeah check us out check us out also we have the take two on igtv so yeah give us a give us a look give us a a try and i hope this helps you out god bless you guys and see you next week <laughs>